This is Risky Women Radio, a show to connect, celebrate and champion women in risk, regulation and compliance, sharing insight and perspective from the most influential members of our global Risky Women Network on the latest developments we need to think about, the challenges we should all talk more about and the innovation we are most excited about in governance, risk and compliance. Bringing together the hundreds of senior women professionals already connected with a new emerging group of leading women and men. I'm Kimberly Cole, your Chief Risky Woman. Okay, welcome to Risky Women Radio. And today's Risky Woman is Christine May. And I believe that you are our first ever Chief Governance Officer that we've had on Risky Women Radio. So we're thrilled to have you and hear your expert views today. Thank you, Kimberly. And firstly, thank you for letting me participate um, in this Risky Women podcast. I have been super impressed with your previous guests, so it's a real privilege to be here today. Brilliant. Um, So um, you, Christine, are the Chief Governance Officer at Citibank, um, overseeing the business booked by the institutional client group on the bank. So... Thank you for joining us. Can you tell us about your career journey to date? Okay. So I have been working in wholesale financial services for the past 28 years. And prior to that, I'd spent three years in accountancy practice, training to be a chartered accountant. And when I was in accountancy practice, I had the opportunity to audit insurance companies and building societies. And that is where I find those businesses fascinating So I'd set myself a goal to move across to financial services when I qualified. And my first role in wholesale banking was very similar to my old role. Um, I joined uh, a UK merchant bank um, as an internal auditor. And then after three years, I moved across to Citi, where I've been now for the past 25 years. And I joined Citi in the finance function where I very quickly found myself in Milan as a business controller for the Milan dealing room. And this opportunity enabled me to learn in detail about fixed income, currency and equity markets. Um, And that knowledge that I gained in Milan has benefited me throughout my career here at Citi. And I still leverage that knowledge today in, in my governance role. Following Milan, I spent some time in Frankfurt And then I returned to London. And after about a year in London in finance, I moved across into the front office uh, as a business unit manager for the equity derivatives business. And this in turn then led to an opportunity to work in New York, where I spent three years um, as a global business manager for equity derivatives. And then I returned to London for the birth of my daughter. And then I subsequently took up the role of chief admin officer for the global equities business. And for the past three years, I've been doing the governance role on behalf of the bank. And this role has enabled me to develop as a leader and to provide effective challenge to the businesses and functions that support the ICG businesses. And it's also broadened my understanding of the other businesses outside of the markets business. Fascinating. So a very global career as well, having worked across multiple uh, countries and and. Uh, Um, That must have been incredibly interesting. I mean, what have been some of the highlights so far for you? So I think one of the main highlights was that first opportunity to go down to Milan. I honestly can say I had no idea how to account for any of the products that were traded by the Milan dealing room. 
And I remember sitting with the head of accounting policy, getting a tutorial on how to ensure that the P&L for interest rate derivatives was accurate. Um, but having taken those principles that he shared with me and applied them to every other product, and with the help and assistance from the rest of the city team, you know, it enabled me to to gain a huge amount of knowledge very, very quickly that has stood, you know, steadfast in my career um, during my whole time here at City. Fantastic. And so obviously lots of different roles as well. And I imagine there's some things that are kind of consistent and fundamental and other things where you've managed to continue to build on your knowledge and experience. So do you have a favourite role to date? I actually enjoy my current role to date and partly that is because I have the most phenomenal manager in Barbara Desor, who is the CEO of Citibank. She's a fabulous leader um, and I've learned a tremendous amount from watching how she operates. Excellent. Well, let's let's actually get into um, the meat of that role because I think what we want to get across in, here in Risky Women Radio is really hearing the expert opinions around the different elements in governance, risk and compliance. So, I mean, I think governance has become a really key role and one with a lot more focus and emphasis. I think you know, following the financial crisis, um, it was highlighted that for many banks, governance had fallen short. Um, there was real, seemed to be real change necessary. And obviously there has been, I think, you know, the banks have heard the call to action, bank directors and executives um, and supervisors are really looking at how they can strengthen governance um, and pushing for more board engagement, working understanding of, you know, what governance effectiveness really is and what that means for the overall control and the risk environment. So, you know, really keen to hear your perspective. Can you, can you tell us then how, you de- how do you define governance? So I would define governance as the framework in which an organisation manages itself and holds everyone uh, accountable for the actions that they take on a daily basis. You know, one of the most critical elements of good governance, in my opinion, is a strong positive culture within an organization. And no one should underestimate how damaging a poor or toxic culture can do to the health of an organization. Almost every industry you look at has had its scandals, including financial services. And usually what you will find is that there were gaps or an absence of good governance processes in place. So interesting um, points that you've just raised, uh, Christine. But conversely, you could say that governance is costly, it's a bureaucratic process, um, and, you know, enables a lot of boxes to be ticked without any real benefit to the organisation. You know, what are your thoughts around those arguments? Well, I would disagree that it is a tick box exercise, and it's not because my role has the word governance in its title. Good governance should help an organization to create value. And in the early part of my career, there were times that I thought some of the governance processes the business or function had to do seemed to be a little irrelevant to the work we did on a daily basis. But however, with the benefit of hindsight, that was a very naive view. And if you think of an organization like a jigsaw puzzle, you quickly realize that organizations are complex, no matter how big or small they are. And each business or function is a piece of that jigsaw. 
And it's only when you put it all together that senior management can really determine if all the pieces are there and, and operating effectively. And where it's not, then to identify those failings quickly and address them so that the organization is operating within its risk appetite. But when you see an effective governance process in place, everyone in the organization can focus on creating incremental value. It should enable decisions to be made more quickly, and it should allow senior management to focus on areas that may need more support, or better still, to be focused on forward-looking strategy. And so to have an effective governance process, yes, you do need management information systems to help you. But I think what is important is that each business and function actually defines what those key performance indicators are. And sometimes the danger is that they go into data overload. And so it's important that you have someone independently challenge them on what the key performance indicators are and then measure those. So I love that idea as well of the governance leading to creating value. And I think we hear several times uh, throughout the Risky Women Radio themes is the two sides of the coin, the opportunity and the risk, which I always love because in the Chinese character, that's actually what it means. It gets both angles. So that's fantastic. Um, So, you know, the BIS um, has also said that effective corporate governance is critical to the proper functioning of the banking sector and the economy as a whole. So I feel that you have a very big role when you're trying to support the economy as a whole, Christine. Um, So you also talked about the critical elements in good governance um, and you said it was a strong culture um, in an organisation was key. So what steps do you think are important in creating a positive culture? Well, I think creating a positive culture takes a lot of ongoing commitment from all levels within an organization. And at City, senior management have invested tremendous amount of time and money and resources to improving the culture of the bank. And it began with publishing our value proposition, which is centered around three principles. Is it in our client's interest? Does it create economic value? And is it systemically responsible? And in partnership with HR, we then developed leadership standards that is used to evaluate each and every one of us at City. And not only do we look at what they've achieved throughout the year, but we also look about at how we've achieved it. And those leadership standards include things like drives value for the client, how we're working as partners, how we champion progress, how we live out our values, and how we develop our people, which ultimately ends up in delivering results. And thirdly, Senior management shared experiences on how they have dealt with difficult decisions and how it's important to think of the organization as a whole and not just your respective product or function or product. They also highlighted how they escalated issues and sought the involvement of others to reach the right decision. So training also became very important um, and, and all of our employees are required to undertake training. And finally, we also enhance some policies and procedures um, so we all know what is expected of us. But things do go wrong. It is part of human nature and a positive culture will encourage escalation of issues in a safe environment. And we have many different ways in which employees can do this. We've also adopted a lessons learned approach, 
rather than a blame game so that when issues occur, they can be addressed in a factual manner and then applied to other areas if we think there is a risk of that happening there. That's great. Sounds like some real sort of best practice principles that others could apply as well. Um, So what, I mean, I think it's still a very broad topic. Um, What other aspects do you think you need to, you know, really ensure that you have a robust governance structure and process? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you, Kimberly. And one of the things I think is it's very important for employees to know what the company goals are and what its risk appetite is, because ultimately you can only deliver those goals in relation to the risk appetite um, that is set by the firm. I think the second thing I would say is a very clear organizational structure so that employees know where to escalate. And then policies and procedures to help them do their role uh, effectively. And then critical management routines that check and verify that that what you think is happening is actually happening. And these can be simple management meetings or they can be large committee structures where you're looking at risk across the organization as a whole. And then finally, the board oversight. And and you could apply that not just to the Citibank, but also other industries or trustees or governor, governor roles in organization. I think the advantage of having a diverse board is not only does it help management do their role, but it also helps to enforce accountability. Absolutely. And so given the breadth of the role and all of those different elements, where do you spend most of your time in, in your governance role? So I spend quite a bit of my time interacting with the businesses and functions that support the institutional client business at City, And I would have a lot of one-on-one meetings with those business and function heads to better understand what is going on but also to communicate to them lessons learned that we have seen in other areas um, that have some relevance to their business. Um, And I would also share with them feedback from regulators um, and if there are areas of improvement that they should be focusing on. I also participate in a number of governance committees. So that could be the Asset and Liability Committee or the Risk Committees or the Business Risk and Control Committees that each of the businesses have. And another very important committee for us is our new product approval committee. Um, And I review all new proposals that the businesses want to do on the bank. Um, And I participate at those meetings with the businesses and the relevant support functions in reviewing them and challenging them to make sure that they have identified all the risks and that there are appropriate controls in place to mitigate them. Gosh, that must be really interesting to... uh to see all of that development opportunity. And it's a it's a good um, question then to look at as we're going through a lot of disruption, all industries are being disrupted, there's a lot of change in place. So how do you see that governance will evolve in the digital age? Well, I agree with you that uh, the digital revolution has totally changed many industries in terms of how they operate and many of their business models. But governance is going to remain a critical requirement to ensure that all institutions, including City, remain safe and sound and continue to be trusted by our clients. And with the growth in harvesting and processing data, hopefully what we can achieve is that we can identify issues more quickly um, and remediate them much earlier uh, in the process. 
as well as, you know, get ready for all of the new products and services that are coming down the tracks as a result of the digital age. Fascinating. Connecting, celebrating and championing women in risk regulation and compliance, Rescue Women Radio takes an intimate look at the rants and revelations of the top women shaping the debate and the industry. Okay, on to our next section, our rants and revelations. So let's start with your revelation, your Risky Women revelation. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self or what do you know now that you wish you knew then? Well, it's a great question. And I think it would be believe in yourself and seize every opportunity. Because if there's one thing I have observed as a woman and in talking to my other female friends is that I think sometimes we agonize too much about failure and tend to avoid taking risk um, for the fear of failure. So I would say it is okay to fail. It is okay to take time out and do different things. Personally, I became a mom very late in life and my husband's done most of the childcare. And I was worried about how my daughter viewed me as I wasn't always around. But I think what I've taught her is that it is possible to have a career and still be a good parent. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that one. And what's your risky woman rant, which is one of my favourite sections? And I would actually say, um, in response to this, I would say, um, don't turn the blind eye if you see something going wrong. Um, Speak up or seek advice from someone who can help you escalate it. Excellent. Risky Women is a vibrant network at the centre of a global community in a rapidly growing, evolving and influential industry. Given the continued pace of change, our Rapid Fire Round revisits the most pressing topics to share ideas and offer listeners new perspectives. Now we have our final section, which is our Rapid Fire Round. So short, punchy answers to a few key questions. Um, So let's start. From a governance perspective, what is your one one word to sum up governance? Well, there are many, but I would pick uh, accountability. Excellent. Um, What is the top risk that you see for 2018? I would say it's the rise of populism. Very interesting. And um, what do you think is the... What's the biggest technology impact um, on governance risk compliance? I think it's it's keeping up with the pace of it um, because regulation has tended to follow. Um, and if anything, the world has just got faster and faster. Um, and therefore, speed of delivery to end consumers is, is, is something that everyone's asking for. And regulation always doesn't move at that speed. So we just all need to do things faster. Great. Um, Outlook for the year ahead. Optimistic, pessimistic, uncertain. I am invariably an optimist. And I always think there is more things we can be doing. So therefore, um, you know, be positive about it, engage and make it happen. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Christine May, for uh, being our risky woman today. Thank you, Kimberly. It's an absolute pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to this exciting episode of Rescue Women Radio to connect, champion and celebrate women in risk regulation and compliance. I'm Kimberly Cole, based in Hong Kong. For more information on the Risky Women Global Network, head to our website in the episode notes and please be part of the ongoing conversation by subscribing to this podcast, connecting with us 